Hi, this is Lauren Angle of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, so today I'm with Kitty Cash. Amazing. Jay. Hey. So you were born and raised in Brooklyn? In Brooklyn, New York, yeah. And your parents, were they, did they grow up there also? Or? Yeah, my parents, well, my dad actually like grew up in Canada for a little while. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, but he's from Trinidad. And then he moved to Brooklyn, yeah. met my mom, and yeah, I How was did, made. Hey. <laughs> How did they meet? You know what? I can't remember exactly how they met, but <laughs> honestly, they have known each other since they were around like 14, 15. Wow. Yeah, so it was pretty sick. I love seeing all their photos, like oh, matching so outfits oh, and like matching gold necklaces. This is like real Brooklyn, I'm so into it. <laughs> yeah. And so what do they do now? Or so my dad owns his own company. He does like plumbing and air conditioning and things like that. Mm-hmm. And my mom works in HR. Did you live in like different places around Brooklyn or? Yeah, I moved around a lot in Brooklyn, and then I lived with my mom for about like a year and a half in Maryland, and then I moved back with my dad to New York, so I'm definitely a Brooklyn girl, Brooklyn native, <laughs> a very rare breed, <laughs> as you come to find out when living in New York, because no one is from no New York, from it's so crazy. Country. Yeah, and what, so growing up, they listened to more like reggae stuff I read, and- well, I grew up listening to a lot of Caribbean music because yeah. I grew up with my dad. And his dad only listened to Soka because he's Trini. And then from my mom, I listened to more R&B, like eclectic music, more like world music. She loves yeah. African music. She wow. loves like Portuguese music and shit like that. So it's pretty tight. I think I grew up and it was a, a, balanced, a balanced kind of vibe from every person in my family because they had their own thing that they listened to like my grandmother was only disco oh, wow. and my, you know and then my dad's side was like only Caribbean so <laughs> I mean it ended up helping me out in the end yeah. so were you always musical like did you musical instruments <clears throat> growing up I took piano lessons actually I did a few performances and everything but I just I didn't stick with it and I was tweeting the other day like shit I should have like I should have just stayed in those classes but it's all good so Outside of that, no, I didn't really play yeah. any instruments. But was music a big part of your life back then? or when I mean, I think that music has always been a part of my life, naturally. My grandfather, he plays steel pan. You know, I was always surrounded by music. My mother took me to African dance classes with her from since I was in her belly, actually. Mm-hmm. And we still go today. So I think it's always definitely been a part of me. DJing was something that kind of fell into my lap. Yeah. But it also was so natural because it's always been a part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So other than your parents, were your friends listening to similar things as you growing up? I think my friends and I, we were listening to hip-hop and, you know, rap music yeah. and R&B. We, we did. We listened to Caribbean music, but then we also listened to a lot of hip-hop and R&B. Yeah. For sure. And I read that growing up you were kind of, like, ladylike. Or did your mom, like... So basically... Or how would you describe yourself like back then? I mean... Okay. I was actually a tomboy for a minute, right? And then, like literally, like basketball team, everything. 
And then I started going to gymnastics camp and shit like that. Yeah. But right before high school, I will never forget this day. I asked my grandmother, hi, Umi. <laughs> I was like, can you please buy me these sneakers that I wanted? And she was like, Cash, I am not and will not buy you any more sneakers. You have so many sneakers. She's like, I am only buying you shoes. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then she took me shopping to go to high school. She bought me all these dresses. I had an attitude. But then, <laughs> then she also bought me, like, these cool, like, denim sets that were hot back then, like, Parasuko and, like, Iceberg and things Whoa. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so after that, I turned into an official girl. I was like, oh, yeah, it's going down. Skirts, dresses, <laughs> tight tops, let's go. <laughs> so how was your personality? Like, were you... Like, friends with everyone? or like uh, Yeah, I was definitely that person that, like, I was friends with everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, I was cool with the cool kids that stayed in the lunchroom. Then I was cool with, like, the quote-unquote nerds because they were so cute. Like, I was cool with everybody because I just felt like I shouldn't judge people, you know? Yeah. Just, like, I'm just that way. I'm a pretty laid-back person, like, not that pretentious or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I've always been that person that could kind of be comfortable in every and any crowd because I know yeah. who I am, so. And yeah. you did, you went to FIT and did like advertising? Yeah, I went to FIT, graduated from FIT with my bachelor's in advertising and marketing communications. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was pretty sick. It's crazy to go to college in New York City. It's so different. Like, yeah. I feel like all of my friends were like, yeah, we went to this football game. Or I went to this soccer game or come visit me. Like, let's do this. Like, let's go to this fraternity party and then I'm here like let's go to One Oak let's go to the club <laughs> I'm sneaking into fashion week you know what I mean like that was my college experience but again I had the best time I got to do a whole bunch of internships kind of figure out what I wanted to do when I got out of school and a lot of the friends that I've had in college are the friends that I still have now and we're all killing it Whoa. so yeah it's really cool to see us see the growth was the degree something that you wanted for yourself or your parents, like, pushing you to do something Oh, God, academic? yes. Um, my parents were definitely pushing me to do something academic. While I was in college, I literally got, like, three or four job offers, and I was like, I'm about to leave. <laughs> and my mom sat me down and was like, listen, if you can get a job now, you can get a job once you graduate, get your degree. And, you know, I think because I was in New York, I didn't mind it either because I was in school. But literally, like, I got to do everything, like, any internship that I wanted to do. And then I started assistant styling. Like, I was doing, assisting on, like, L'Oreal campaigns and Vogue Taiwan shoots. And Whoa. it was, I was in college, but I just felt like I was out here living my best life, you yeah. know? So it, it was pretty cool. Did you, like, network your way into it, or did you have a mentor? I definitely had mentors. Mm -hmm. um, but I was also that type of person... I remember I met this guy in the elevator, and I told him that I loved his shoes. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, your shoes are sick. And he was like, oh, thank you. They're whatever. And then I was like, oh, well, what do you do? You're like, you're so fashionable. And, you know, just started talking to this man in the elevator. <laughs> and he was the guy that ended up hiring me as an assistant stylist. Wow, yeah, it's just like the most random things happen in New York, always. Um, and even me starting to DJ, I met Kilo Quiche at a party in New York, mm -hmm. like just like dancing and being girls like, oh my God, like let's just have the best night. Come to find out she went to FIT. And then we just like became friends and started kicking it and having like lunch every day. 
And fast forward, you know, I ended up being her DJ. Like, it's, it's just so crazy mm -hmm. how things kind of just all play into each other. I read that, like, when you first applied for Chanel, you wouldn't think you were going to get it because of your race. Do you still, yeah, like, I mean, like, have these obstacles to this day? For sure. And it wasn't even me not thinking that I yeah. would get it. Oh, it was right. more so my advisor right. kind of alluded to the fact that I wouldn't be able to get an internship there because of my race. And, you know, of course, it was very disheartening. Mm -hmm. But in the end, again, it's about being strong and doing what you want to do because you want to do it, right? Yeah. And I think today, of course, you know, racism, sexism all still exists. And it's about being aware and understanding how to address it in the best possible way that you can, mm -hmm. being diplomatic and really letting people know that I understand what's happening right now and this shit isn't okay. Yeah. So it definitely exists, but I think, you know, you can, you can push through. You yeah. can push through. And your, like, personality of, like, not taking no for an answer. You just don't take no. Like, if you take no, then what the, f <laughs> no, I'm not going to curse, but <laughs> you can't take no. People have told me no a million times, and I feel like when I hear no, it makes me want to go even harder yeah. to prove that it's really a yes, you know, like. Everyone doesn't have that mentality, but I think you have to if you yeah. want to be on top. Because if you kind of, if you internalize what everyone else thinks is right or wrong, you'll never really get to where you want to be. Yeah. You know? Where do you think this, like, attribute of yours came from? Was it your parents or? Definitely my mom, for sure. Yeah. She is a fighter. Wow. Hands down, just like, she's a fighter. I think I've seen my mom cry twice <laughs> you know it's like she's like one of those moms where even if everything is wrong everything is right mm -hmm. and she just always has on that game face and she's just always down for an adventure and ready to try something new so I would definitely say I got that from my mom and just maybe growing up in New York you just you have to be a hustler you have to kind of find your own way and do things the way you want to do it and you can't do it like that in New York um yeah, I just, I would tell everyone, never take no for an answer. <laughs> Why should you, if you don't yeah. have to? And growing up, you were insecure, like, your skin and your hair. How did you, like, overcome? Well, like, what age did you, like, become more confident in yourself? You know, I think confidence comes over time, almost, right? Like, we all have our own self-journeys that we're going through. And growing up, I'm the, I'm the most fair complexion mm -hmm. out of, like, my siblings and most of my family members. So, of course, it's like if I look at my mom and my dad and my cousins, I was just like, damn, I should be chocolate, you know? Like, <laughs> why am I so pale? Let me go get a tan. And it wasn't that I didn't like my complexion. I just feel, I just always felt like, hmm, this is different, you know, compared to everyone yeah. else. And I think loving myself is just something that you just learn to love all your imperfections. Like, when you start to find your imperfections is beautiful, I think it just puts you on a whole nother level. Yeah. And I, that's definitely where I am right now. Just, you know, a lot of just accepting myself and loving myself and being happy with who I am and who I'm growing into and who I'm becoming and who I have become so far. So, yeah. Were you like bullied when you were growing up or was it not something that happened in school in Brooklyn? Um, I wouldn't say I was bullied. Of course there were probably girls that got jealous from time to time and tried to start stuff but I was also that girl that knew all the other girls and all the guys and they were just like you, you can't mess with Cash like, they were like nah Cash is like 
she's a, like, no, you can't mess with her. I was that girl. Like, you can't mess with her. You got to just chill. Like, yeah. if you don't like her, you're just probably being a hater. Like, <laughs> I didn't really, I don't, I don't. I actually read something the other day about, like, this young kid committing suicide from bullying. And I watched that documentary on bullying. And it's actually so disheartening that people really feel like they need to bully someone to feel better about themselves, you know? Yeah. And then that, that child goes home and just starts to hate themselves for no reason. Like, it's actually one of the saddest things that I, like, I don't know. Every time I read it, I just get so sad. Like, I cannot believe people really just bully kids until they want to kind of just commit suicide, yeah. you know? Do you still work full-time now, or are you used to, like, work full-time and DJ at the same time? Right. So, <laughs> um, when I first started DJing, I was a freelancer at G-Star. Mm -hmm. And then... My boss at the time was like, I think that you being a DJ is super unique and really cool. And you can use that like to build like build connections for us and like make us cool and kind of integrate us into the culture. And actually, she's like, because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And then my position went from freelance to full time. And I ended up being the manager of marketing and communications manager for North America, wow. which is a pretty hefty title. Um, and then DJing just took off on its own as well. So, yeah, I was definitely not sleeping yeah. and like living, like, the like craziest double life. <laughs> like you did for, like, opening ceremony. Yeah, I exactly. Like, just, like, the craziest work? shit. It's just the craziest, like, honestly, I don't know. Like, people were like, how did you do X, Y, and Z? I was like, I just did it. I didn't take no for an answer, <laughs> right? I was just like, I am going to figure this out and kill it. Because if I don't do this now, I don't want to look back and say, I should have done this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but now, kind of crazy. So do you still work full time now, or do you just do like DJing full time? I'm DJing, yeah. Yeah. So how would you say you got like your big break in DJing and started working for such big brands and collabing? Yeah, I, I would say I started my Love the Free mixtape series after mm -hmm. my second tour with Keylocation on the internet, and I just felt that I wanted to do mixtapes because growing up in Brooklyn. That's what I grew up on. I grew up on mixtapes from my favorite DJs. So for me, I was like, I want to make a mixtape with what I'm listening to right now. And it was people like Kilo Keish and the Internet and SZA and, you know, Willow and Vic Mensa and Michael Zuwaru, all these different artists that I was falling in love with that I wanted to put together under, you know, in one home, in one place. So after I put out the first Love the Free, People literally went crazy. They were like, oh my God, like, we love this. Had everybody tweeting me about it from HR to Solange. And it just naturally created its own following. It was literally, I did it, the name, it was a joke. Like everything started from the most purest space inside of me. And I think that it's really cool to create a project like that and then have it received so well by everyone else. So I think that kind of allowed me to be seen as who is this girl? Like, what is she about? What does she like? I want to get her to DJ with this brand. I want to meet her. And that's pretty much how I just started getting gigs. I didn't have management. Like, I recently got an agent. So everything was literally grassroots, word of mouth. Whoa. Like, hey, I heard of you from there, so I read about you. Like, everything was just super organic, which I think is really tight. Yeah. But, so did you collab with them, or was it just part of your mixtape? Like, Figmenta and... Right, so mm -hmm. for, for these artists, most of them were just, they sent me exclusive unreleased mm -hmm. tracks and I curated the mixtape. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you think you're going to get into producing? Yep. Or mm -hmm. yeah. That's next, for sure. Wow. Well, got to look out for that. Is Working it, on that right now. <laughs> is it hard for is it hard to go go from like DJing to producing? I think it's a natural progression. Mm -hmm. You know, you're around music, you you get a feel for what you really love, what you like, the sounds you want to want to play, the mood and the vibe you want to set. And I think by being a producer you're able to actually create that from scratch. So I'm really excited to I'm excited. <laughs> And is this your first time in Hong Kong? This is my first time in Hong Kong, and I'm so sad that I have to leave so yeah. fast. Yeah, I did a little a mini Asia tour, and it's just been so much fun. Tiring, but fun. And I'm like, damn, I just want to stay for a few more days. I don't want to leave yet. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say the crowd that you performed with compares to, like, New York? Is it totally different? I would say... I've, well, for example, in Shanghai, I played at Le Baron, mm -hmm. and I played at Le Baron, or like in different countries, and I feel like it's that same vibe. It's the same. I'm playing the same music that I play yeah. at home here, and I think that's so tight. I mean, everything from Chance the Rapper to Kalela to Kanye to Designer, you know, every, like the songs that I play at home, I'm playing here. And people know it. Like, I played Kamaya the other night. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm that. so glad that you DJed Fly. Because like, <laughs> I shot there, and I just totally see, like, the scene as something. Because here, a lot of stuff are, like, bottle service -y. Yeah, I, that really was different. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, wow. Like, they know this song, too? This is cool. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, music really connects everybody. Yeah. Do you think you'll, you'll be doing more international tours? Oh, hell yeah, I'll be doing more international yeah, touring. I feel like... This put a battery in my back that has me on like a thousand right now. <laughs> I'm like, where can I go next? <laughs> I'm ready. And what do you want to be remembered for? Mm. This is a, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like this is a bad question. I, you know, I want to be remembered as a true spirit a dynamic person that helped to push the culture forward and helped to bring change about, like, through my art. Yeah. For sure. Sick. And what does love mean to you? Oh, this question. <laughs> you know what is so crazy? So many people have asked me what does love mean to me in the past few weeks. And I ask <laughs> myself this question over and over again because I feel like it's a forever changing answer, almost. Mm -hmm. And for me right now, like I said earlier, I've definitely been on this journey of finding myself and but my true self, you know? And right now, love for me is loving myself and allowing me to let love come to me. As yeah. opposed to, I think sometimes you sit down and you're like, love should be like this. <laughs> and I should feel this way and I, I should act this way and it should, it should change me in this way. But Right now, I think I've just been doing so much self-reflecting and I'm going through this like transformational phase and I'm just falling in love with myself and it's allowing me to be open to really accepting love. Yeah, so, that's perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks for, for having watching. me. Ah, bye. bye.